op-eds and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. Let's see. In my dearth of gaming around here... <laughs> Saturday we get to go over and to our to our where we regularly play over Jimbo's house, and we get to help clean the game room. And I'm bringing my grandson Gage because he plays too. And Jimbo, you know, he has a bit of a back problem, and I do. You know, I sometimes it gets to me and my knees, so that's why I'm taking Gage. He's 16. He's young. He can help. He wanted to know why. Is because you came down there too? So let's go and help out a friend. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to see that place cleaned up anyway. So we're going to go do that. That's And then Monday I have a game over at my house. So there's that too. So right today we have a few... I have a couple of emails from Mark Walring. And they've got to touch on some interesting topics. So I'm going to go ahead and play those after this. Okay, we've got a couple of emails from Mark C. Walring of the Yawning Owlbear. He wanted to talk about holidays, grappling, fighters, and things like that. So, take it away, Mark. Hey, Smokestack Jones, Mark from the Yawning Owlbear. Hope you are doing well, good sir, and hope the dice are still rolling true for you. Just wanted to touch face and wish everybody a happy holidays and a good near year to you all. Um... Just got done listening to your latest episode about the planning for the holidays, and sometimes you can't avoid that, you know? Family comes first, and there are other... There is a life outside of the gaming world. I mean, uh, both Dave and Arnes, uh, Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax touched on that multiple times in previous posts. Um, also, sometimes, as a DM, I believe just taking a break in general, like once every few weeks is pretty much needed because you never know when you may need to play in extra stuff. But anyway, as always, good sir, keep the mugs full, keep the stories coming. Have a good day. Hey, Glenn, one more thing. Just wanted to say thank you for answering my question about the fighter. I'm just now getting around to listening and catching up on some podcasts. And, um, yeah, that whole argument stemmed from uh, the fact that his whole issue was fighters required feats in order to do anything in the game and from my experience playing 5e granted yes the monsters have lethality but for regular players in their classes fifth edition made class somewhat really op to the point where you really have to cheat to do anything and the fighter honestly in my opinion and i don't care what my buddy sleppy says uh just being able to hit and then move on, hit and then move on, but still take most attacks like it's nothing is just ridiculous. Yeah, but, uh, anyway, I really appreciate you uh, for responding to that. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, I did have two other topics that if you were wanting to talk about them, just something to chew the fat about. Uh, one, what's a good way that you usually deal with grappling in general? And two, compared to Turn Undead today from before, 
does this seem like Turn Undead from back then was a lot more, how should I say, favorable to the cleric than what it is now? Looking back from what it was back then, it seemed more effective than by today's standards. Anyway, as always, sir, keep the mugs full, keep the stories coming. Have a good one. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate those. Uh, yeah, holidays, families first. And like I said in the episode, you know, that's not saying you're not going to game at all. You're just not going to game on a regular basis. And if you do game, you may not be gaming with the same people you do. I mean, you may have a family get-together and stuff like that, and some want to play D&D, and you can do that. You know, the family. i got my grandchildren. They love to play D&D and other role-playing games, so we'll probably do that. And so, like I said, there's not a, there's not a you know, you're not going to be stopped gaming for until the first of the year, but, you know, it's just going to be kind of ad hoc, on-the-fly type of thing. That's this is see these are the times when I talk about episodes about having something in your back pocket having something prepped these are the time one of the times I'm talking about where you're there and say some people or your grandchildren say hey grandpa let's go play D and D I say okay we'll go play D and D then and then Mark talks about the fighter episode I did fighters I don't know much about fighters in five e because all I played is barbarians and monks. Now, Barbarians is close to fighters, so and I have no problem with just hitting and hitting and hitting. But it may be that the fighters are a bit nerfed in that game. I've never had trouble with the fighter, no matter what edition, no matter what game it was, because that's always the default for me, and I don't mind doing that at all. I can think, I can think on my feet, in an encounter what no matter what class I'm playing. So it doesn't really bother me for the lack of special abilities or anything like that. And they're always talking about the fighters don't have any options. Well, yeah, they do. They can hit. They can defend. They can, you know, you get that's where the role playing comes in. That's where the that's where where the the you know thinking thinking outside the box and things like that. Anyway. He asked me about grappling. Hmm, grappling. I pretty much run it like an encounter, uh, like a regular fight. I've uh, See, I don't deal with grappling so much as hand-to-hand fighting. And that comes along with it. And there's a book out there called Dungeon Grappling that's supposed to be really good for that. And I, I haven't read To tell you the truth, I haven't read it. Shame on me. But I came up with the the hand to hand rules I recently got that I worked out with Mark Hunt for Gangbusters I think works great, and I don't see why you can't you can't use that for grappling and wrestling too, because as I've said you get you get you get uh, was it fight uh, not fight body points or something like that it's your con only it's a separate stat. And it's a, it's your con as hit points, but you're not really spending your con. What you're doing is you've got body, body points, that's what it is. You have body points, and you take off of those. And that's basically trauma to, like, you know, bruises and cuts and head hits and things like that. And I don't see why that the uh, grappling couldn't work in that, because you're, you know, you're grabbing, you're throwing, you're squeezing. Same thing. Same thing. You can knock somebody out grappling. That'd be no problem at all. 
So I do it that way. What else did he talk about? Let's see. Oh, yeah, the turning rules. You know, I think you have something there. I think you may be onto something because while we've had in the past, in other editions, we've had wild success with turning, there's also other times where you don't turn very much at all. And it just seemed a little more evened out than in the current editions of D&D. Because it, it's, it was... I get the feeling that, like anything else in the later editions, some things they think players think are a given, and they shouldn't be. Turning is one of those things. Turning is... Uh, to me, you know, it's one more thing the cleric can do where we don't have to fight, which is great. Cut down the opposition. But at the same time, that turning table, it's always ex- to me, it's always exciting to see if he's going to, one, if he's going to do it at all, and number two, how much. Because I've seen guys take three quarters, say you have a whole bunch of undead, skeletons, zombies, whatever, he's taken three quarters of them out. Like, so you had 20 skeletons and 15 of them are turned. Then I've seen other cases where you have that many and three are turned. So it was just, it's a little more, it's one of the things I love about earlier editions. It's a little more wild, wild west, wild and woolly things by the seat of your pants. And the turning chart is, hmm, you know, is he going to make it or is he not going to make it? You never know. But anyway, thanks, Mark. Thanks for all those. I appreciate that. And today I wanted to talk about switching systems. Because if you stay with the hobby for any length of time, you're going to go through game system. You're going to be exposed to different game systems. Like, uh, it's not... It's not unfair to say that the majority of them will be classed on level systems like D&D because that was the start and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people base things with that in the earlier editions because, frankly, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then there's people who, I mean, you know, you've got the OGL out there. you got OGL for 5th edition, so people, my friend Matt has already adapted 5th edition to his Mythgarther campaign. So you have that. And you're going to be exposed to other things besides class and level. Hero system, GURPS, uh, uh, Cyberpunk, uh, Shadowrun, uh, Star Wars D6, Star Wars D20, D20. Well, that's just a very, that's another class level system. But, but uh, you know, um, basic fantasy, um, yeah, basic fantasy, which is not that basic fantasy. Um, basic role playing, I'm sorry. The uh, Rune Quest, Call of Cthulhu, different types of systems like that. And you've got to find the system that you like to run. I'm talking about Game Masters mostly. I mean, players too. I mean, players have their favorites. But mainly it's people. the people who are uh, on, you know, feet, you know, feet on the ground doing the stuff, doing, the, doing the, the prep work and things like that, and running the game. You're going to find the one where it's like, this is the one I want to play. All the time, or not all the time, but I mean, this is going to be my standard, my standard game. For me, it's Swords and Wizardry, or earlier editions of D and D like BX and mostly Beckme, Beckme Rule Cyclopedia D and D, or or Swords and Wizardry, which is once again a class and level system. But you're going to come to, you may find something else. You may say Savage Worlds, 
is your system. So you build everything around that. And that comes with time and experience. I think all gamers should be exposed to all these things. You know, I've got to the point where I have too many. Uh, there's a, some systems I love out there. I just don't have time to play them. Index card RPG. I love that system. That's a great system. I don't have time to play it. So, you know, what are you going to do? So you're going to boil it down to what do you like? What do you want? What are you, com I should say, what are you comfortable with? That's the whole key right there. What are you comfortable with? If you can, if you've been in gaming long enough, and I'm telling this to the new people because, you know, there's a good percentage of them that'll stick with it, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And, you know, there, there comes a point in time when you get older where you just go, okay, I don't have as much free time as I used to. Let's pick a system that I can run good with consistency and run that. And I enjoy running and use that. I'm not, you're not, not saying you're never going to play another, another rule set in your life or run another rule set in your life. But if somebody wants to play something, they say, hey, let's play a game. I'm going to pull this out. And for me, it's, like I said, class and level, because things like BX, Beckmeat, Swords and Wizardry, I could do those in my sleep. Other games I have to work at. And now that Gangbusters has come out with a BX version, I'm pretty sure I can probably run that without even, with, with, give me, give me like 15 minutes and we'll run, you know, come up with something in 15 minutes and I can boom, do it. But, you're going to have a, a bit of a problem. It's some people, it's not a problem. Say you came over the campaign world. Uh, ten, you come to this revelation. You want to run this game all the time, but your campaign world is in another system. Now you have to convert. I'm mainly talking today about converting things like NPCs, stat blocks, NPCs and monsters. And some games are oil and water. If you've been running Fate and you decide you want to go to Labyrinth Lord instead, you got some converting to do. Now, I think, to me, Fate is an easier conversion. But let's take something like, oh, Rollmaster, you know, Arms Law, Claw Law, Spell Law, all that, which is quite complicated, or even or even a more, little more my, my wheelhouse, Hero System, Champions, now, Champions is a little easier because it's point-based, because you can see right on the sheet. But Rollmaster has all these stats you have to... you got to boil them down. What you have to do is boil them down. I'm trying to think of a, a role-playing game that is like 180 from, say, D&D. &D. And I, I'm, that's why I'm struggling with it. I said Rollmaster. God, I haven't seen Rollmaster in, in centuries, I think. Or Palladium. Palladium Fantasy. So you're converting from Palladium Fantasy to D&D. &D. It's going to take a bit. If you can find conversion tables, that's great. If you can come up with your own conversion tables, that's great. There are some books you can do that with. I mean, the old 1E D&D &D said, okay, you want to you want to convert to Gamma World or Boot Hill? Here's how to do it, or vice versa. I know that Beck, I know that Rule Cyclopedia had a chapter in the back, but that's converting to another system. That's when second edition was out. I was like, let's go from Rule Cyclopedia to second edition and back. That's easy. That anything that's class, anything that's D and D derived is easy to convert up to a certain point. By hit, time you hit third and fourth edition and fifth edition, you got to start working a little more.
What I'm saying is, if you can't quite fit the square peg in the round hole, you have to, you have to, you have to start doing a little thinking. You got to start thinking outside the box. You got to start coming up with stuff that you know. You you got to you got to look at the sheet and go, okay, how would this translate to System X? What does System X have or not have that this system has or not has? That would be a problem. And that's the point where you start doing judgment things like, okay, I think this guy's strength would be, okay, it says uh, body type, okay, uh, for strength. Okay, I think his strength would be this. Or say body type for, the the stat body type is for like two different things, strength and con. Okay, strength would be this thing, con would be this thing. And you got to get mainly the flavor of it. you got to get the, you got to get the, he's, it's got to feel right in the new system that as much as it can in the old system. You could tweak it afterwards too. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, tweaking is good, but you've got to, that's where the creative part of being a game master comes in. It's like, you know, how trying to adjust things on the fly during a game or just, you know, doing judgments and things like that on, on the fly. It's the same thing. You're just doing it out of game. You know, you just sit down and just all the NPCs. I recently did that with Gangbusters, going from going from the Gangbuster system, which is all percentile based, to Gangbusters BX, and I converted all the NPCs. It was easy. He even gives you a conversion chart in there, but I only kind of halfway used it because some of these charts you got to look at and go, hmm, that is not quite what I want. That is not quite right. So that's where you have to make judgment calls on things because. To me, charts only get you, in this case, charts only get you part way. I have yet to convert an NPC over from one system to another with a conversion chart that I've been 100% satisfied with. It just, it just doesn't happen. There were some things on his conversion chart that I just, like, no, 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 no. I don't want it this way. And... You know, you gotta you gotta do that. that. I mean, if you're going to a class and level system like D and D from say champions, and you've got like, and I'm talking for the day, I'm talking older champions. I mean, newer ones you probably have the same problem, but you know, you're going from like twenty twenty one stats. No, can't be right. It's like twelve stats to six. So you got to start thinking about how to boil that down to something else. Say you're playing. Not champions, but you're playing another hero. So say pulp hero, which is a lower point cost, and there's no superpowers involved. So or fantasy hero, even better. Now, how do you translate a fantasy hero character into D and D and back? I had trouble with that one time. I was on vacation in Southern California, and I hooked up with my old buddies who used to play Caltech, and they they still played at Caltech on Saturday. They said, "Oh, come on, we're playing fantasy hero," and I was going to take my character Lojack from because I've been playing him in the RPGA. This is back in third edition. I've been playing RPGA. He says, oh, i got to convert it. Okay, I pulled out the book and I converted it. And he was the most ineffective fighter you had ever seen. And this is an eighth-level character in D&D. I just couldn't get him to work. And they were even commenting on that. And I said, I'm sorry, this is a conversion. I'm converting to what I usually, from what I usually play. So there's that problem. So that's why you ha- I say you have to really make judgment calls and think about the character. How do you want, what's the essence of the character you want to put in this new game system? So 
Go ahead, think about those. I gotta go start my day. So if you wanna talk about those, this or anything else, uh, oldmangrognard gmail.com, drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help this program, and I would thank you. And thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel Reynolds, and Dan Gregg, for you guys are great. Don't forget Mark C. Wallring's podcast, Yawning Albert, and Dan Gregg's podcast, the Young Grognard Podcast, Y-U-N-G Grognard Podcast. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. <laughs> <laughs>